Welcome to the Good Gut Feelings Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Karitsis, and together we are building a community of women who are all here to celebrate their evolution. We're chatting about all things Good Gut Feelings, which started with literal gut issues and IBS, hello my hot girls with stomach issues, and has evolved into self-discovery, embodiment, alignment, and so, so much more, all while being a little selfish along the way. Stay tuned as we are exploring the ways to step into your absolute favorite self, you know, like informed by your highest self, but with a little bit more sugar and spice. Let's have some juicy conversations about what that evolution gets to look like, no matter where you are in your journey, as long as you are seeking good gut feelings, you are in the right place. I'd love to connect, so reach out on Instagram at Isabel Karitzis if we don't already know each other. And without further ado, let's go make some magic. Hello, my cuties. Welcome back to the Good Gut Feelings pod. This is your host, Isabel. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Very sing-songy. I'm in a good mood today because it is finally above... Mm, is it above 50 or above 60? It is above 60 degrees in New York City today. It is 63 degrees in the middle of February. And if this means that it's global warming, I honestly am not that mad about it in this current moment because it's been so dark and so cold and so depressing and I've not been my favorite self. Um, Seasonal affective disorder is a fucking thing. (sighs) I don't think I meant for the cold. I don't think I meant for the East Coast. (laughs) But that is a rant for another day and there will be some fun stuff coming about that possibly soon, which I'm very excited about, but I am keeping that private for now. Um, Anyway, I'm horrendous at keeping secrets because anyway. So let's chat today. We're talking about the five mistakes that I made while trying, well, five top mistakes I made while trying to navigate my IBS um, when it got really bad. And I picked these mistakes because they're the ones that I see people in my DMs getting stuck on the most often. All of these mistakes are kind of like under the bridge of blanket mistake, umbrella mistake, of not treating IBS management like a lifestyle overhaul. And I know that's kind of dramatic and like a little bit intimidating. Like, oh my gosh, just because my stomach doesn't work the way that I want it to, I have to change my whole lifestyle. Um, Yes and no. Sit with that information for as long as you need to. But at a certain point, um, problems are not solved at the same level they were created. That's like a derivation of a quote that is possibly attributed to Einstein. I don't actually know if he said it, but that is true for IBS. That is true for like all health issues, honestly. And I think that it is really easy to get trapped in this IBS space because there are so many supplements and so many like tips and tricks and people speaking about gut health that already have um, like average well-working guts and it doesn't really you know, impact, like, like it works for them to just add lemon water to their morning and say that they're doing it for gut health, but like they don't really have any problems to fix. This is a whole ass rant that I go on in the Good Gut Fundamentals course where 
the information about gut health out in the world is not always for you if you have IBS, which is so counterintuitive, but I explain it more in the course. Um, But yeah, managing IBS, navigating IBS is honest to God, a lifestyle and mindset change because you need to look at three key things. You need to look at your stress. You need to look at your food and you need to look at the lifestyle factors that contribute to both of those things. Um, you know, boundaries, diet, sleep, hydration, movement, self-worth, self-love, self-respect, all of those things are part of the equation. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way that kind of like bobbed and weaved through those things because those things are all intimidating as fuck to address and to work on. So you just avoid it for a long ass time. Um, I think once you can come to terms with the fact that managing and navigating your IBS is a lifestyle change, the faster, the easier, the more efficient it is to actually manage your IBS into like, I don't want to call it remission because it's not something that you can test for. Um, but in your day-to-day symptoms, you notice that it's like no longer really cropping up and bugging you all the time. Once you can accept that the lifestyle approach is the best way to make that possible and you kind of bunker down and you're like, all right, fuck it. I'm brave. I'm doing this. I'm getting it all together. I'm just going to take this approach. Things start to get a little bit easier. So let's talk about the cinco mistakes I made. Well, (laughs) I keep saying five mistakes I made, like as if I only made five, I made like a quadrillion, but These are the top five that I see women making most often when they come to me to work together one-on-one, when they enroll in the Good Gut Fundamentals course, when you pop into my DMs asking questions. So let's do this. Drum roll, please. Okay. Number one mistake was trying a million tools at once, getting super fucking overwhelmed. My quality of life went down because a lot of the tools are really restrictive I wasn't sure what was working and what wasn't working. And then I hit rock bottom like super fast. Trying a zillion things at once to to kind of be like, cool, I'm approaching this from all angles. I'm really going to get to the bottom of this can be a fast track to like the basement of your mental health. And I say this because when you are making decisions that are not well-informed, like no offense to anyone who's trying to navigate their IBS, we are all doing our best with the information we have. I was making a lot of decisions that weren't really rooted in science and weren't really rooted in what I needed to be doing. So I was doing things like intermittent fasting and avoiding sugar and avoiding alcohol and increasing my fiber and also taking all of these supplements and doing this thing and that thing and that thing. And it was too much all at once. And my quality of life went down the freaking drain because I was 23 and like everyone around me was living their life and having fun. And I was like, cool, I have to bring my bag of supplements everywhere I go. Um, Low-key, I still do that, but like it was that plus a zillion other things that just weren't aligned. And it didn't really get me anywhere with my IBS because the tools and tricks I was trying like weren't actually designed for IBS. They were designed for this concept of like improving your overall health and wellness um, and without making sure that the tips and tricks you're trying are specifically geared to IBS and not only IBS, but like your version of IBS, IBSC, IBSD. Um, you're really just like wasting your money, wasting your time, wasting your mental energy. Um, 
and kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And that was me for, mm, um, I'm trying to count. That was me for like four years. I was in that place. I would give up like dairy for like a month and then be like, well, I don't feel any better. And then like put a million other things on top of it. And the thing that, the thing that happens when you're trying too much at once is like, you can't isolate what's actually working for you. I, I was going to make an analogy to skincare. If any of you are into skincare, it's like adding a million new things to your routine and you break out in a rash and you're like, fuck, what caused this? I have no idea because I didn't isolate each individual thing. And then you kind of have to go backwards and remove some things, but you don't want to remove everything because something was a little bit working and it just is like a whole mess. The better approach is to pick one or two things that you know for a fact or have a good feeling about, like instinctively. Not everything needs to be rooted in science. There's intuition involved in this too. Pick a couple of things that you're like, I think this lines up with my IBSD and I think that these three changes I'm going to make might make a big difference. And stick to those for like a month or two and see how you feel. Okay, mistake number two that I made was trying diets that weren't specific to IBS and were just more wellness culture and wholly unnecessary and also made my quality of life suck and the diet sucked and it didn't do anything for my body. Some examples are Whole30, keto, intermittent fasting. I dabbled in all of these for like a bit here and there and just like anything else. There were days that I felt good and there were days that I felt bad. And I slowly over time realized that the um, correlation and causation with these arbitrary diets were not the same thing. And so the days that I felt good had nothing to do with the specific weird diet I was on. And the days that I felt bad didn't either. Um, The one thing I want you to remember here so you don't fall into this trap is that There's only one specifically proven and well-researched diet that helps to manage IBS specifically, and that is the low FODMAP diet. For some reason, I didn't know about this diet for, um, I don't know, for a while, and I don't know why. Like It should be the first thing that comes up when you Google IBS, but I don't think it is. Um, I think like some bullshit pharmaceutical probably is, um, or just like a haha sucks for you. This is common and that sucks. Um, but the low FODMAP diet, educating yourself on the low FODMAP diet is one of the best things you can do because then you can pick out things in your everyday diet that match high FODMAP foods or that are high FODMAP and go, oh shit, I didn't realize that was high FODMAP. I actually eat this all the time. How would I feel if I removed it? Um, That is like a brief explainer of the low FODMAP awareness method that I teach in my Good Gut Fundamentals course because not everybody has the support or the mental capacity to deal with this like really restrictive elimination diet. Um, And I really like the awareness approach, which basically just means educating yourself as best as possible and then analyzing what's in your diet and kind of working backwards. It takes longer. It's like not accurate. There are no research papers because I made it up, (laughs) but it works really well. It's what I did. It worked for me because I was navigating my IBS at the same time as navigating my horrible relationship with food. And it really worked. It gave me huge peace of mind. So mistake number two, mistake number two, trying diets that weren't specific to IBS. The only IBS specific diet is 
the low FODMAP diet. There are diets specific to SIBO. If you're navigating SIBO, the elemental diet is one of them. It is the most insane fucking diet I've ever seen in my life. It would immediately make my quality of life be zero. And I've talked to countless people in my DMs who have been put on that diet by their doctors and they're like, I'm losing my fucking mind. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I'm, I'm not surprised. You should talk to your doctor about this. Um, you can, can in like italics speak, um, treat SIBO with diet alone, but it's long and miserable and not like, yeah, just I personally wouldn't. If you don't give a fuck about food and you're like, I feel comfortable doing this and it's working for you, then like more power to you. I'm so impressed. That's not me and not the majority of women that I work with. Okay. Mistake number three was not taking action on my relationship to food. I am a bingy kind of eater. I have the biggest sweet tooth on planet earth and food for me for a really long time was comfort. It still is comfort. It made it really difficult for me to actually remove things that I knew were triggers for me. Um, a great example is dried mango. The, if anyone's had the soft and juicy dried mango from Trader Joe's, that shit is like crack. It is so good. And I, I get really obsessed with things when I discover them for the first time. So when I was dealing with the worst of my IBS and SIBO, I actually had just moved to a, um, apartment that was right next to a trade. I wasn't right. It was really close to a Trader Joe's and Trader Joe's had never been my local grocery store before. So I had never been to Trader Joe's in my 23 years. I think I'd been, you know, at that time, like once or twice. And so I went to Trader Joe's and if you've been there, you know, they just have like snacks galore. It's like a snack store. And I discovered the soft and juicy mango and I was like, oh my fucking God, my life is now changed forever. I could eat 27 bags a day and both mango and dried mango and dried fruits in general are so dehydrating, are so high FODMAP and just such a dagger to my life at that time. But they were like my new comfort food, my new favorite thing. And I had a really hard time eliminating things that I knew were triggers for me. And this, I think, bleeds down to such a bigger question um, because relationship with food is such a tricky one. And it's actually something that we've been working on a lot in the Gut to Soul Connection program in a certain way, right? Um, relationship to food is always, you know, let's do 92% correlated to your inner child. And for me, I have a very rebellious inner child. Your inner child is the version of you that created stories and self-preservation techniques throughout your entire life to stay safe, to keep your head above water, to avoid being hurt, all of these things. And we get to a point in our, you know, I see it so often in like the mid to late 20s where you're like, I'm running these habits, narratives, scripts that are not serving me. And I don't know why I have these core beliefs, but I do. And I'm like, cool, let's check in with your inner child and see why she developed those scripts, those coping mechanisms, those narratives, those stories. Um, it's what we're doing a lot in the Gut to Soul Connection program at the moment because you need to get to know what your inner child is up to so that you can go, cool, I see you. Thank you so much for protecting me. This shit's driving me crazy and does not work at this stage in our life. So we are going to 
give this coping mechanism a forehead kiss and say thank you so much and we're done now and we're going to create a new healthier habit. For me, my relationship with food did not get anywhere until I did inner child work and I did not have the emotional and mental capacity to start looking at inner child work when I was doing... um, all of these other protocols for my IBS. I was miserable physically and inner child work can be really emotional too. Um, and I just didn't have the capacity to add like emotional misery onto it. Going and getting in touch with your inner child at face value can be scary and intimidating, but once you get to know her, it is so liberating and you get to have such better conversations. But in that process of identifying the things that hurt you, that's where it can be hard and difficult. And I um, really, really avoided doing that. And I don't think I realized at the time that that had such a big impact on my relationship with food. But the more I got to know my inner child, and I would love to hear if any of you can relate to this, shoot me a DM and we can chat. We can chat. Um, I came to understand that I have a rebellious as fuck inner child. I, when I was younger, am the kind of girl who would get upset about something, become emotionally flooded and not being, not be able to say what was wrong, storm away, make the biggest commotion ever storming away, stomp up the stairs, slam the door. If it wasn't loud enough, slam the door again. If nobody came chasing after me, start crying. If nobody came chasing after me when I was crying, cry even louder and start dry heaving until I finally got an adult, my parents typically, to come upstairs to see what was wrong and to make it better. That's like my favorite way to get attention Um, when I feel emotionally flooded, when I feel emotionally overwhelmed. Lo and behold, when I was navigating SIBO and IBS and my absolute shit relationship with the food, the way I was taking that out was not the temper tantrum and the slamming doors and the crying, but was in doing these rebellious things that I knew were not serving me in order to get attention. Because it's only when you eat the food that you know doesn't work for your body that you kind of have to have your higher self come down and go, God damn it, why did you do that? And you get frustrated and you start blaming yourself. And this conversation typically is very blamey and shamey until you check in and recognize that it's your inner child and start shifting the conversation from shame and blame to validating and seeing and nurturing and caring for and going, hey, I see you. You are upset. You are hurt. This is not fun. I understand how hard this is. You must be so overwhelmed right now. I know that your coping mechanism to try to get attention from me is to be rebellious. And right now you're doing that by binge eating this thing, by eating this thing that you know is going to hurt our body. And I have to let you know that I'm no longer tolerating that anymore but I do see you. And guess what? I have tools that actually feel a lot better than doing this thing that's hurting us. Can I show you these new tools that I have? Can we work on them together and say goodbye to this thing that's not really working for us anymore? And for me, those tools looked like journaling. They looked like meditating. They looked like actually feeling the overwhelmed feeling and making it through to the other side and then realizing that I was well-resourced enough emotionally to be able to feel that overwhelming feeling and not explode or die. 
taking that journey made such a big difference in my relationship with food. Um, And it wasn't anything that I ever read about in any of the books. I remember reading this one book on um, binge eating that was like... (laughs) made me so mad because somebody that I really love recommended it and I read it and the book was just like, Hey, if you're binge eating, the way you stop is just by stopping. And I was like, cool. I've tried that before. I've tried that. I've tried that. Didn't work. Um, I felt insane. And it wasn't until I realized that I have this rebellious little shit inside of me who just wants attention and we love her, but her coping mechanisms needed an upgrade. That made it really difficult to do things like the low FODMAP diet, which is why I created the FODMAP awareness method. Um, But in hindsight, that relationship to food just kept me in this cycle of having my IBS and SIBO become exacerbated because I didn't have the emotional wherewithal to make the changes that I needed to. So if you're working on your relationship with food or you're struggling with your relationship with food, I really think that the path is up to you. I think that you can muscle through all of the changes you need to make for IBS and put your relationship with food on the back burner. Um, In my experience and what I've learned from my clients is that that typically doesn't work that well and that it makes the relationship with food a little harder at the end of the day, um, and that the progress you've made on your IBS is like less sustainable because you kind of did it in spite of how you feel and not because you love yourself. So my preferred way of navigating this was to really look at my relationship with food first, which meant staying in that IBS space a little bit longer than I would have liked to. Um, but I don't regret it at all. Working on my relationship with food was absolutely crucial. And one of the best things that I did to start that journey, um, if you are not following my lovely, amazing friend, Lisa Haim, yet, you absolutely should. She is formerly the Well Necessities, um, but she is a registered dietitian and she specializes focusing on women's relationships with food. Um, She has an entire course called Fork the Noise and... That is what I took that started changing the game for me. She also has a second course in addition to that that's Fork the Noise, Hunger and Fullness, where she teaches you about your hunger and fullness cues and how to connect to them a little bit better. Lisa is an absolute gem. Her courses are really affordable too. And if you are working on your relationship with food and want somewhere to start, um, guided by an amazing, intuitive, understanding, registered dietitian, then absolutely explore her courses. I think I have a discount code. I I don't know for certain. I'm going to double check and I'll put it in the show notes if I do. Um, But she's an amazing place to start. I did not make much progress with my IBS until I finished her course. And then one thing I want you guys to remember about courses, whether it's any other creator, educator, or myself, the the Good Gut Fundamentals or the Gut to Soul Connection, is that courses are an amazing education tool, but the results you see and the things that you implement, they take like months, if not years to integrate. And that should be a good thing um, because anything that is lauded as a quick fix or a band-aid or do this and you'll be healed, that's when you know it's horse shit. So 
Keep in mind as you go into these courses that you're learning and everything you learn will start to hit at a different time for when it's relevant to you. And that might take weeks. That might take days. Some of it might be instant, um, but it's always going to meet you where you are. And it's really, really exciting to see the investment keep paying off down the road like a week later, a month later, and getting to go back to those tools. Okay, mistake number four. Um, Mistake number four was not prioritizing or valuing my relationship with myself. And that means stress, self-care, boundaries, my nervous system health. I was majorly anxiously attached and my nervous system was always in fight, flight, and freeze. Um, It was just kind of like a basket case. And I say that with love, but I just was so under-resourced. I was so under-resourced. And you know what? People shit on Instagram and social media, but I would not have found the resources to take action for myself unless I had social media. The wellness space and the people that I followed opened the doors for me to realize um, how much I had at my fingertips available to me to work on my emotional health and my stress and my boundaries and that the way that I was perceiving the world around me and the way that people were communicating with me um, didn't have to feel as activating as it did all the time. That was a game changer for me. I ended up investing in a whole lot of things. Um, Time, invested in my time, which meant that I said no to a lot more things so that I could spend time with myself and get really introspective. Um, You don't have to isolate in order to be introspective, but for me, that is my tendency so that I can get really clear on how I'm showing up for myself. I also invested in To Be Magnetic by Lacey Phillips, her courses, um, and they are like reprogramming deep, deep meditations and journaling to get to know your inner child, to get to know the things that are causing you shame that you're inherently believing to be true. And that is a really powerful catalyst to connecting back to yourself. Um, Did I say therapy? I also eventually invested in therapy when we moved to New York. Uh, I did not like the way that I was showing up, especially in my relationship with Ian, and invested in therapy in order to start feeling less triggered by shit that would make me so triggered, and I was so annoyed. I was like, why is this pissing me off so much? Like, I know objectively that it shouldn't, and I feel like an asshole. Um, And I wanted better for myself. Feeling like an asshole isn't, like bad. Like it is a great self-awareness. And then of course you marry that with compassion, but I think it says something about anyone who's able to recognize, like look themselves in the mirror and go, I think I'm the problem right now. Um, with love, with compassion, with self-awareness, but like take responsibility for the way you're showing up in your life. If all of your relationships are shit, no offense, but it's probably you. And what can we do to get you to come back to your favorite self or, 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 or to set the boundaries, to leave the job, to work on your stress, to work on your self-care because sometimes your circumstances and environment are just shit. Um, that is a very real option and possibility. And we're not always a hundred percent to blame, but you are a hundred percent accountable and responsible for what happens next. And so taking the time and investing the money 
in being able to create that space to come back to myself, to see what was going on, to invest in therapy and coaches and courses and mentors, because I knew that there was more out there for me. And this impacts your IBS because the health of your nervous system directly impacts the health of your gut. The health of your nervous system directly impacts your ability to get into that rest and digest mode, which is crucial for digesting your food. Um, And when you're constantly overworked or nervous or scatterbrained or overwhelmed or feeling emotionally flooded, um, your digestion takes a major hit. And so I knew that this was going to be the long game. The long game was going to be prioritizing how I spoke to myself, how I took care of myself, how I was being reactive in my relationships and taking a good look at that for the sake of my nervous system so that my nervous system could be at homeostasis a little bit longer. Um, And that when the things that came, came up that bothered me, you know, happened inevitably because life is life. I was able to approach them from a space of being calm instead of reactive um, and being able to think logically and being able to keep my digestion optimized at all times. But that really comes with analyzing your stress boundaries, self-care. And this is the entire point of the gut to soul connection. I hope that between you know everything I'm listing out now, you're starting to see the picture of why I care so much about both the good gut fundamentals and the gut to soul connection. There's, of course, dietary components, supplements, um, lifestyle things you need to know in order to start feeling more like yourself and feeling better. But there's also the entire relationship with food, relationship with yourself, gut to soul connection component that is so crucial for the health of your nervous system to be able to keep your body online in all of the right ways as optimally as possible. Okay. And step, step, step. What am I saying? Mistake number five, last one is not being realistic about where I was in my journey, which is really funny because I don't think anyone ever paints the journey of what having IBS looks like. This is a DM that I get all the time. Like, can I just have a roadmap, please? I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so confused. This all sucks. And I didn't have a picture of where I was in the journey, but I also was not realistic. If I had to guess about where I was in the journey, I was super not being realistic. I was doing things that would be doable if I was like getting close to healed. Like, fuck it, let's go out and do all of these things and eat all of these things and kale, quinoa, apple, beet, vegetable, salad, sure, let's do it. And like really kind of testing my limits a lot, which is great if you are at the, you know, end tail of feeling healed. Um, But it's not like a good litmus test when you're like in the beginning and at the middle. Um, And I think this was partially, you know, dissociating from my reality. Like maybe if I just pretend that I don't have IBS, I won't have IBS anymore. (laughs) Uh, Lo and behold, that doesn't work. And I really just wanted to blow through all of the steps I needed to take so that I could just feel better. Um, I wanted there to be a shortcut. I wanted there to be band-aids. I wanted it to be easy. God, I wanted it to be easy. And I know you want it to be easy too. And I wasted a lot of time pretending that, you know, I wasn't where I was on my journey. 
things got a lot better and happened a lot faster when I was realistic about where I was. This is a process that is not like a six week, like in and out kind of thing. Um, and so I set aside the money and I went to the gastro and then I went to the functional medicine doctor and then I did blood work and got tested for things like leaky gut and SIBO and celiac and really put in the legwork. Um, and then I asked for more help from coaches, from people who were, you know, designed to support me and making sure that I was moving through the entire journey, the entire roadmap in the right way. And that's how I ended up getting to the end. Um, I wish I could say I got to the end by just pretending that I was there manifesting that I was just at the end of my journey and my body was fixed. But that was really such a big distraction. Um, and I only started making progress when I was like, all right, let's sit down. Let's look at the picture. And this is where I did like so much research and so much studying and exploration about what the full picture of IBS really does look like, because nobody paints that for you. Your doctors don't paint it for you. Um, your supplement company doesn't paint it for you. And I wanted to know what it meant. Like, what is this roadmap? What have I gotten myself into? Where did I land myself? What the fuck is supposed to happen next? And how do I know when I'm close to feeling healed? When I've taken all of the steps that I can take, how am I supposed to know that? And so I did all of the work to figure out where I was on the roadmap and what needed to come next. And I followed a plan step-by-step step to get to where I am today. Let's do one bonus mistake just because we can. Um, the last thing that I really wish I did, but everything is part of the process, part of the journey, um, is not asking for help sooner. I thought that I could fix it all myself. I thought that through like a little Googling, I could convince myself that, you know, God, it really sounds like on paper, like I have SIBO, but maybe if I Google hard enough, I won't have SIBO. I'll be able to convince myself that I won't. Um, and I avoided getting tested. I avoided going to the doctor. I avoided investing the money to see a functional medicine doctor. I avoided all of that for so long because I just thought I could, you know, maybe one day I'd wake up and it would all be gone and I could fix it myself if I just drink enough chlorophyll water and lemon juice and apple cider vinegar. And maybe if I was just really good about my apple cider vinegar, then it would be fine. And then I wasn't, and I had a feeling that these, you know, $6 Band-Aids probably weren't going to cut it anymore, and I really wish I had asked for help sooner. I really hope that this was supportive. I'm really excited to tell you guys about what I've been creating, and I know that it's going to be so supportive if you related to any of these mistakes that I made too. I have created a new totally free masterclass that is your IBS roadmap. Everything I wish I had when I was making all of these mistakes to help me understand where in the journey I was and where I was going. And the best part about this masterclass is I share the exact six steps of the IBS journey. And then I give you tips for each individual step. It is amazing. It is so supportive. I'm so excited about it. It's also totally fucking free. And I cannot wait for you guys to grab your seat. The link is in the show notes um, to watch the free IBS Roadmap Masterclass. It's something that you guys have been asking for for a while, just based on the DMs that I've had with all of you of like, can somebody please give me a list, a checklist of what I'm supposed to do here? I did. 
I did that. We did that together. So I hope that you enjoy it. Um, if you go and check out the class, make sure that you send me a DM and let me know where you are in your journey and what steps you're implementing and how you are feeling. If you stay until the very end of the masterclass, I am offering you a really exciting invitation into the Good Gut Fundamentals course at $300 off. That invitation expires the last day of February. So if you are on your journey and you were like, fuck yes, a roadmap to help me understand exactly where I am and exactly where I'm going, and it feels really supportive and exciting, and you want more tips and you want more information about all of the steps along the way, that is exactly what I'm giving you in the Good Gut Fundamentals. Okay, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Go grab your seat in the IBS Roadmap Masterclass. Let me know how you like it, and I will see you guys next week.